Hey everyone, this is Craig Ballantyne from TurbulenceTraining.com, and we are here today with the question and answer section for abs questions from moms, from uh, post-pregnancy, from everything about C-sections and getting flat abs after you've had your baby. So I decided to go to my friend Holly Rigsby from ClubFYM.com, and Holly is going to help us with our answers today. So Holly, welcome to the call. Hey Craig, thanks so much for inviting me today. Great stuff. Well, we're really happy to have you here because we know you are going to give us awesome answers because you have so many thousands of women that uh, take your advice and you probably got feedback from so many moms, many more than even I have. So we're going to start off by getting into one of the questions that comes up so much. And the question that comes up that has come up so much on my blog is is really all about you know the C-section scar and the problems that that it brings to the table when women are trying to get flat abs after having their babies. So, Ollie, why don't you tell us, you know, what women can do to get rid of the fat that's around the C-section scar and also how they need to maybe train their abs a little bit differently or if, you know, they don't necessarily need to do that at all. But just, you know, give us some insight into that, you know, from your personal experience and also from helping so many women. Absolutely, and this is a very stubborn area for many moms who undergo this procedure, but the good news is that it can be diminished. We really just have to take a step back and account for the healing process that takes place. Self-care is essential any time that you have any type of surgery. Um, so the way that you're taking care of yourself and the directions that your doctors give you to allow this healing process to take place the right way is so vital to you being able to heal in a way that the scar is less noticeable. Um, because this is located in the lower abs section, which is the area of fat storage that seems to be the last to go, um, knowing that it's last means that as you begin your fat loss plan, whether it's, you know, right after having a baby or several years later and you're, you know, looking at this area saying, what can I do? Uh, it's important to understand that consistency is so essential um, with, your, with your eating and your exercise plan because uh, when it comes to your exercise plan, you have to make sure that you're following a full body plan that allows you to incorporate your core in the exercises as well because that healing that needs to take place and of course your doctors give you, especially right after having that surgery, give you guidelines on when you can begin. It is essential that you follow through with that and begin with very basic strengthening exercises that allow you to work those deep abdominal muscles. Um, not the muscles that we feel when we do a crunch, but these are our deep abdominal muscles known as the transverse abdominis, um, those TA muscles very deep in there. And those are just basic exercises like your plank and your side plank. But, you know, starting off with a program that allows you to progress into that is the best way to begin strengthening those muscles back up. But really, it is the eating part that comes into play when, it, when we're looking at that stubborn fat. And initially, for a lot of new moms, and, you know, they're breastfeeding, so their body's burning more calories, and they're able to drop pounds pretty quickly. Um, and then when they choose to stop breastfeeding, that's when they hit that, that, that point where they're stuck. And that's when we need to make changes to how we're eating because our body no longer requires the amount of calories that we were taking in to support uh, the production of breast milk. So knowing that 
when you begin your fat loss plan, that there's always going to be a point where you have to stop and reassess and say, okay, what was working? Because now it stopped working. What can I do to change this up? Because um, we're, you know, we're always in search of the magic calorie count or the perfect, you know, fat loss workout plan that we can just follow without even thinking about. When in reality, it's always changing based on our body's needs. And, you know, post-C-section, post-baby, this is one of those examples as well. Um, you know, initially we may see some results, but then we have those lingering, you know, fat deposits that we really want to get rid of. So it becomes um, an area that we stay so focused on. And once you get the basics of the fat loss part down, you know, you understand that it's a matter of, you know, cleaning up what you eat. And, you know, you, you see a few more pounds and inches dropped. Uh, you're able to get back into your skinny jeans, but there's still like that little roll, that little muffin top by the scar. That's when it's a matter of saying, okay, what else can I do to refine what I'm eating to help diminish that? Because the amount of crunches or ab exercises that I do is not going to make a difference. We all, are, all know this. You can't spot reduce that fat. It all goes down to or all comes back to what you're eating. And the Fit Yummy Mummies that I work with, what they found to be most successful is going through what a lot of people term as an elimination diet because a lot of us have food intolerances that we don't even realize. The top two food groups that we tend to be intolerant to are wheat and dairy. And by experimenting with eliminating these from the foods, from the meals that you're eating for a good three weeks, about 21 days, um, and reintroducing them back into your diet will help you see if that's what's been the obstacle to seeing further fat loss in that stubborn area by the, the C-section scar, you know, in that lower ab section. Um, a lot of times the wheat and dairy products that we eat and they're present in so many foods, especially processed foods, um, not only can it hinder your ability to burn more fat, but it's also going to cause bloating, water retention, um, and distension, you know, causing your belly to bulge out, and along with a lot of intestinal distress. So the only way to determine if that's what's causing this is to get rid of it. And for a lot of women out there, when they first hear about this, they're like, well, I don't want to do that, you know. I love my milk or I love my bread. But then it's a matter of saying, okay, well, what are you what are you willing to live with? Are you willing to live with that stubborn fat that is still lingering there? Or are you willing to take it to the next level just to see if maybe that is what has been causing you to not see further results? Uh, and those are the two big food groups that really make a big difference, um, whether it is just trying to get rid of the last little bit of stubborn fat around your belly or if you're just getting started, because then that really does kickstart your fat loss plan as well. But a lot of moms um, on my on my Fit Yummy Mummy blog, I have a mom who actually had six children and three C-sections, and she's standing there with her arms up in the air in a bikini, and you cannot even tell because she's mastered this part of the eating process that allowed her to get rid of any signs of, you know, of having a child or having um, a C-section and getting rid of that lingering fat. That's very cool. That's, um, that seems like a pretty good blueprint there to, to working around that problem. So we pretty much covered everything, do you think? Um, is there maybe any, is there any, you know, advanced exercises that, you know, once a woman has, you know, built up that area with, you know, the deep muscles that you mentioned, she's done the elimination diet, she's really, you know, burned that fat and obviously done her interval training as well. 
Now, is there anything that maybe is uh, the next level, you know, instead of just thinking of getting started working on that problem, maybe putting on the finishing touches? Like, what are some of the other things that um, that wonderful woman, mother of six, has done uh, to, to get her amazing results? Anything that you can think of, or have we covered everything? Well, I would say it just goes hand-in-hand hand with following that full-body resistance training program because your core is incorporated into so many of those full-body moves. And because you, you know, once you get past that beginner level of strengthening those deeper inner abdominal muscles, um, continuing to challenge yourself, whether, you know, you're, you're going from body weight movements to now movements that are allowing you to use your body weight in a different way, in a more challenging way. Let's, like, let's say going from a push-up plank position and now your feet are on the stability ball to do a jackknife. Much more challenging than, than just a static body weight move. Or... Um, doing movements that allow you to use weights such as dumbbells for or medicine balls for wood chops, another full body move, but you're incorporating your core there and you can find a way to make it more challenging by increasing the weight that you're using. So it's a matter, it's, it's, I, I believe it is built into your resistance training plan. It's not, you know, those individual ab exercises that you have to focus on. It's that the plan that you're following is is designed to be challenging so that your body, as your body adapts, the program adapts with you to keep you challenged. Okay, cool. So let's move on to the next biggest question that women sent in. And I know it's going to be quite a bit of overlap from what we just talked about. Um, but they're talking about the loose skin now that's around their abs. You know, that's the number one problem. They've had a couple of children. And, you know, they've got the loose skin issue now. And that goes just, you know, beyond losing belly fat because it's, you know, it's simply the skin, it's the elasticity of the tissue. You know, what kind of, you know, advice do you have for, for women? You know, what should they expect? How long is it going to take for that, uh, you know, skin elasticity, elasticity problem, you know, to clear up? Or is it able to come back to relatively normal after having the children? Well, I'll tell you, this is another common question I get too, Craig. And it's hard to give, like, a blanket statement because it really does vary based on each woman's individual experience. Um, a lot of women believe they have all this excess loose skin, but in reality it's, it's a lot of loose skin coupled with belly fat. And it can be a little misleading. Um, and it's hard to assess, too, when you can't see somebody, you know, in person and saying, okay, now I see what, what this is, let's work on this. So it's a matter of kind of experimenting with a couple different approaches and seeing what exactly is going going on. Um, when it comes to loose skin, um, of course, with each pregnancy, the collagen fibers in your skin, and the collagen is what allows your skin to have that elasticity so it bounces back, those collagen fibers become stretched out. That's That's a normal consequence. And the degree to stretching depends on so many variables. I mean, from a woman's build, whether she's petite or not, uh, the weight she gains, how quickly that weight is gained, the size of the baby. Um, so that all determines, you know, how much damage is going on with those collagen fibers. And unfortunately, there are no specific exercises that correct loose skin. Um, so do not, and also be careful of being lured by the promises that creams and lotions um, promise to, you know, bring that elasticity back to your skin. Yes, there's some evidence that Retin-A compounds stimulate the skin to build more collagen, 
But be careful of that, especially if you're a new mom, because you're not supposed to take that when you're breastfeeding. So any other time, of course, it's not going to help. It's not going to hurt. Um, what? And you also want to keep in mind too that the health of your body is also determined by the the, the degree of healthy foods that you are choosing to eat. Because obviously, if you're going to be eating more nutrient-rich meals, that's giving your body the vitamins and minerals it needs to allow your body to heal and allow that skin to bounce back. Um, some women. And if you are, for, I mean, for, for pre- prevention purposes, uh, know that if you go on any type of extreme weight loss program where you lose a lot of weight very quickly, the guaranteed side effect and consequence is loose skin because your body just cannot keep up with that rate of fat loss and your body cannot heal and your skin cannot bounce back with that rate of fat loss that is taking place. So know that. When professionals such as Craig and myself are telling you about how long it takes to get your body back in, you know, to get to reach your fat loss goals, it takes time. And the reason for this is because that's how your body naturally adapts. And also because of of, of situations like this of loose skin. Now, if you have loose skin with belly fat, obviously it's a matter of getting consistent with your workouts and your eating plan, Um, avoiding those drastic measures uh, by trying to lose a lot of weight very quickly. Um, when you lose weight in that progressive fashion, it provides your body and your skin the opportunity to adjust and bounce back. And because each person's case is so, you know, individual and it just depends on what you've tried, how long you have stuck to something, how consistent you've been, I mean, there's going to be cases where over time, yes, it bounces back. There are plenty of women who are out there who've had several children who look like they never have. And it's a matter of taking care of their bodies you know, sticking to their fat loss plan, their interval training, their resistance training, their eating plan, and little by little, they understand the process that it takes. Yes, it takes a lot of patience and persistence, but it does happen. Very cool. That's excellent. And uh, really will answer a lot of a lot of questions that we get so many times from people, like you said, who have just lost weight in general, and not, you know, just moms, but also people who have lost a lot of weight. Okay, another question along those lines, something that's not necessarily we can impact with nutrition and exercise, but it's, you know, the stretch marks issue. You know, how does someone get rid of those? Will it prevent them from showing them their abs? You know, what is something that women can do to get rid of those? Yes, stretch marks. Well, the the question about will it prevent me from showing my abs, the the good news is no, Uh, and I have worked with women personally on Club FYM who actually – there was a lady who just uh, posted her before and afters, and she had, I mean, she, her middle is riddled with stretch marks, but yet she has a flat toned stomach. And we all, like, to, you know, I'm repeating myself, but she did this because she followed through with consistency, uh, you know, with her resistance training workouts, her interval training workouts, and eating clean. So just because you have stretch marks does not mean it's going to hinder your ability to see your abs. Um, the Now, when it comes to stretch marks and the question that you had sent me, Craig, um, she had mentioned that the problem areas don't want to budge. So I wonder if the problem areas that have the stretch marks are still have a layer of fat because the layer of fat is the only thing that's standing in the way of us being able to see more tone and definition. Um, 
So it's a matter of going back to, you know, tightening up your nutrition plan, um, even, you know, considering those foods that may be causing those intolerances, you know, trying out an elimination diet, tightening up your nutrition plan, um, making sure you're eating enough, making sure that you're eating those foods that support fat loss. When it comes to the look of stretch marks, um, there you can fade them, but once they're there, uh, they're there. And I'm sure that there are surgical procedures that some women turn to to diminish that, but for a lot of us, I mean, that's just um, that's the brand of having a baby, and it's the most, you know, it's making the most of what your body has, the blessings that your body has brought into this life, and appreciating and embracing that, and knowing that there are other things that you can change about your body to improve the look and feel and the performance of your body, and not being overly concerned with that. Is that something like you can tan away, like maybe just for like one event, like going to the beach, if you have a nice tan and is creams, can you can you kind of diminish how they how they look? There are a lot of stretch mark creams that are out there, um, and that's, you know, once again, being careful of the branding that takes place. If anything, it fades it slightly. Um, I have not personally worked with anyone who has tanned and been able to make them unnoticeable. Um, it really, because the women I do work with, they, they're severe stretch marks. They are deep, dark, purple stretch marks. Uh, if you have light stretch marks, yes, I can see where the tanning process and, you know, maybe those those creams that fade it slightly will make them a lot less noticeable. Um, but what I had envisioned in, in my mind when I got this question was the women who really, they have those deep, um, very noticeable stretch marks that um, those are the ones who are most concerned because they really don't seem like they're going anywhere. Um, so it really, once again, it just depends on the degree of the stretch mark. Perfect. Okay, another big problem that uh, women have is the diastasis recti, you know, the separation of the abdominal muscles due to pregnancy. Now, I know this causes, you know, some discomfort and also causes, you know, uh, can oddly shape the abdominals and obviously it's going to cause you weakness as well when you get back to training with people. So what is, you know, something we can do about that, uh, some solutions, some exercises, anything that we can do to help uh, the, the listeners? Absolutely, yeah. And this, it's funny how we had discussed this earlier, Craig, but all of a sudden now I've been getting a lot of questions about this, too. It's like a hot topic, and um, I think it's just awareness of it because um, a lot of women, you know, they are committed to their fat loss plan. They have reduced their body fat. They're back in their skinny jeans. Once again, another another instance of women who are able to get back into their skinny jeans, but there is this bulge on their belly. They're like, what can I do? You know, I'm I'm eating clean. Here are my food logs. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, you are. Uh, but uh, understanding that, yeah, this is something that happens during pregnancies. Your uterus grows. It pushes against the abdominal wall. Um, in addition to your pregnancy hormones softening that connective tissue, so it's going to cause your organs to protrude, and yet yeah, leads to weaknesses, lower back pain, and, of course, the frustration of not being able to achieve a flat tummy no matter how much you've refined your nutrition plan and how consistent you are with your workouts. Um, how do you know if you have it? Because I know a lot of women are probably like, well, maybe that's what my problem is. Well, a quick self-test, what you can do, um, there's a series of, te of steps here. First of all, you got to lie on your back, knees are bent, feet are flat on the floor. Place one hand behind your head and the other on your abdomen uh, with your fingertips parallel to your waistline, so right at your belly button. And with your abs relaxed, just gently press your fingertips into this area. 
Next, roll your body up off the floor slightly into a crunch position. You're just lifting your shoulder blades up, and you're feeling your abs contract. Think of moving your rib cage closer to your pelvis. Now, it's at this point where you're going to notice something. And yes, because I know when I first did this, I'm like, oh, my God, I have it. No. <laughs> a small amount of separation is absolutely normal, and you'll know it's normal if it's about one to two fingers, fingers width. If the gap is larger than this and you can actually see a mound protruding from your midline, then, yes, you have abdominal separation. Now, the degree to which uh, the abdominal separation is really varies. Um, and I first want to say if you're overweight or you have excess belly fat, it is going to be very difficult to, de to determine how much, of, how much of this is fat and how much of it is actual separation due to a lack of integrity in your abdominal muscles. So if you just had a baby and... Keep in mind, if you just had a baby, that everyone's connective tissue resolves at around three to six months postpartum. Or, if your children are older, either case, it's going to be a matter of focusing on, once again, strengthening those deep abdominal muscles, your trans transverse abdominis, as well as your pelvic floor. And women, you know what your pelvic floor is because of kegels. Uh, and you want to... You want to start off with lower level abdominal exercises and pelvic floor contractions. Um, things like static holds, like your plank, your side plank, and your a pelvic tilt. And when you're starting off, you want to follow through with this uh, for a good six weeks and then reassess and see if you're making a difference. And as you are able to recondition your abdominal muscles, you can progress to more intermediate exercises. And it all depends on the severity of the separation. So in these types of instances, it is really the best step is to make an appointment uh, with a qualified women's health physical therapist, preferably somebody who specializes in strengthening the, the pelvic floor. Um, there is there are several programs out there that do focus on this. Um, I mean, if you're worried that you have severe abdominal separation, obviously go see somebody personally. But if it's not that severe and you just want to work on it, um, if you're following a full body resistance training program that has basic core moves, that's fine to follow, or you can go into something more specified. Uh, there's something out there called the Tupler Technique that has a step-by-step -step program that allows you to do that. Um, there's a lot of Pilates classes out there that allow you to focus on this area as well. But if you're going to take Pilates, be sure that you have a qualified instructor who is trained to help you with abdominal separation and somebody who's going to be able to give you enough individual attention to correct your form when needed. Because um, it's, it's very important that you take precautions as you begin. Um, you have to make sure that you are avoiding activities that stress the midline of your body or overly stretch and expand your abdominal wall because then you could just be making it worse. And a lot of women who discover that they have this realize that the, the exercise, the ab exercises that they were doing was only making the problem worse. Some things to avoid are crunches in any form. Um, crunches, they're only working the outer layer of your abdominal wall 
and they're causing your abs to bulge, which is only um, making the problem worse. Um, avoid oblique curls. Avoid any type of twisting ab exercises, anything overhead that is an ab exercise, because this is overstretching. Um, any type of exercises that have you lie on a stability ball where you're rolling all the way back, this is overstretching. And there's even uh, basic everyday movements that can aggravate your condition, such as lifting and carrying heavy objects. Uh, if you're rising up from a lying down position by rolling straight up like a sit-up, um, where instead you should roll to the side and push yourself up with your arms. So basically, any type of moves that cause your abs to bulge out upon exertion are not helping the situation. Um, once you are made aware of this and you begin to um, apply, you know, these lower-level ab exercises, um, please understand that when you begin this reconditioning process, that it can take a good 6 to 12 months to correct it. And it all depends upon the degree of the separation. And this is just another example why your commitment and consistency is essential. You just can't say, oh, I'm going to work on it for one week and then abandon it for like two or three weeks. It's something that requires your attention, just like your fat loss plan, just like your intervals, just like your resistance training, just like your eating plan. Uh, this is something that you must make a commitment to and be able to uh, follow through so that way you're able to progress and make a difference. You mentioned something there that happens after three months. Do you remember what that was? Oh, something that happens after three months. I thought it, I hmm. you said something resolves after three months or something. So um, that would be postpartum, uh, the connective yeah, tissues that soften, yes, because of the hormones. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So that will naturally, yeah, because right after having a baby, that's all going to be open and soft in there. So new moms, don't freak out. It'd be, I would say, after a good three to six months, that's when you can retest and see what's happening. Okay. Now, you gave us a lot of uh, things that you can't do. Now, are there any exercises that you can do, I mean, you pretty much listed almost every exercise off there that you shouldn't be doing. Is there anything that that uh, moms should be doing with that? Yeah, just like I had mentioned, like the lower level ab exercises like the plank and the side plank, those static holds are best, and we know this that because that's working your deep abdominal muscles, um, just like we had mentioned before in the other, in the other um, question. And any type of pelvic floor exercises, like doing pelvic tilts, whether you're lying on the floor or, you know, with support, with pillows, um, really focusing on that. And that's why uh, if you're unsure of what to do, um, instead of haphazardly throwing it together, um, you know, following something that is a step-by-step -step plan or having the personal one-on-one -on -one instruction that so somebody can make sure that you're not doing it improperly and making the problem worse, um, this has been a discussion that's been going on in the forums at Club FYM, and I actually had one of my Fit Yummy Mummies contact me and said um, she thought that what, you know, she her personal experience was that she, I mean, it was severe enough that she could put her whole hand in there. Um, and oh, through really? the process of, yeah, <laughs> in the process of following Fit Yummy Mummy, um, 
after she diagnosed herself, she just stuck to the basic core exercises and avoided the ones that were pointed out, you know, the twisting and putting, you know, the any type of crunch-like movement instead substituted those, you know, the static holds um, for um, – and rep- to replace the more so the safer choices when you're trying to correct the abdominal separation, and she said that you know over the past few months she's been able to close that uh, very successfully. And you know it's not that she just did those exercises. Keep in mind that she's doing other things to take care of her body as well. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic news for everybody listening. Um, okay, just a, kind of a general question here that uh, it's not it's a Two specific questions came in. One was, is it possible to have a six-pack after three kids? And the other question was, how do you tone your abs after pregnancy, especially after several in a row? So, I mean, it's kind of a general question after we've talked about these very specific uh, issues. And, you know, I know you've probably covered the general strategy for this, but is there maybe just, you know, three to three to five rules, you know, that are common, you know, across everything we kind of talked about and, uh, you know, kind of summing up, I suppose, all the great information that you've given so far. Oh, heck yeah. Well, I will say, yes, it absolutely is possible to have six-pack abs after three kids. And actually, there is a – I'm like, this sounds like a really familiar story because I've posted on my blog a couple times about moms who have three children who now have six-pack abs. Um, so when it comes to six-pack abs, it truly is a matter of setting a goal that allows you to burn excess body fat. You know this. You want to lower your body fat, and you know how to do this. I'm not going to keep repeating myself, but we get the exercise part. It's the eating component that's the difference making maker to turning flat abs into six pack abs. And while it's very, it's very, very easy to think that we do eat right, we must be willing to take it to the next level if you want to see more definition in your abs. Um, so when we're, if, if we're talking six pack here, you have to understand what type of goal you need to set. Um, so not only measuring where you are right now, but setting that goal of understanding that six-pack abs are going to be achieved when you get your body fat in the mid to lower teens. Um, once you get under 20%, that's when you're going to see this, the top part, top portion of your six-pack. And there's that, you know, as our body loses fat, it loses fat from the top down. And that last little bit to go is going to be around the belly button or lower area. So the lower your body fat percentage is, the more definition you're going to see in that area. Um, so it's a matter of, and I'll say this is one of the rules, make sure that you're eating enough. A lot of women think, hey, I'm going to reduce my calories to be able to see six-pack abs. If you're at the point in your fitness plan where you have flat abs and you're pretty darn fit, you got to make sure that you're eating enough to fuel your body to be able to burn more fat because cutting calories is just going to cause your body to go borderline starvation mode and is not going to let go of that last little bit that's preventing you from seeing the true definition. So making sure that you're eating enough, uh, just for an example, I personally do not eat anything less than 2,000 calories and typically more than that, and I'm 5'4 and 115 pounds, and I, on my Facebook fan page for Fit Yummy Mummy, I had posted my Bahamas Bikini Ready results where I was able to really cut some definition into my abs. Um, so, And I did that by telling you everything that we've done today, as well as really cleaning up what I was eating, but making sure I was eating enough. Um, and this is where journaling is a must, because you got to identify the foods that you could swap out for cleaner eating and eliminate the foods that are on your belly to hold on to fat, such as sugar, Processed foods, they're loaded with chemicals that are going to hinder your results, artificial sweeteners. 
And those top two food groups that I talked about before, breads and dairy, uh, especially pasteurized milk, a lot of milk products. And it's so funny because when I do my research on this stuff, I'm like, uh, dairy and fat loss or belly fat. And every single article that's online talks about how dairy is good for you to lose more belly fat. And that's just contradictory advice. And uh, it's a matter of going through the elimination diet and seeing what a difference it can make to be able to cut that last little bit off of your abs. Um, the best way to approach eating for six-pack abs is to plan all of your meals around protein and produce. And produce, of course, is your fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, your protein, lean meats, fish, eggs, nuts, bean, beans, um, some dairy, uh, because of the way that it is processed, it's not, it does not hinder the belly fat to be burned, would be like Greek yogurts or organic, uh, cottage cheese. Um, once again, making sure that you're eating enough, making sure that you're eating every three to four hours. Um, and when you follow this type of plan, it's allowing you, uh, to get the protein that your body needs to help, you know, burn more calories, boost your metabolism, build the muscle so your body has that fuel. But you're also allowing yourself to get about 10 servings of produce a day, which not only keeps you energized and satisfied, so you're not turning to junk food that hinders your ability to burn more fat, but it's cleansing out all the bloat in your belly in addition to providing the fat burning effect. Uh, since your body has the nutrients it needs to create a healthy metabolism. And I always tell the ladies, a healthy body is going to burn more fat than an unhealthy body. So that being said, taking a good quality or uh, high-quality multivitamin is also essential. Um, and going along with all of this, obviously, is you – Women give up way too easily, way too quickly. You've got to stick to this. Uh, when, I, when I hold my challenges or when I, I'm helping, you know, Fit Yummy Mummy get started on the plan, I make it very clear that you're not going to remeasure until you're four to six weeks into the plan. And that's just the start. And then you're going to reassess your goals and see what, what you've learned about your body and what you've been able to achieve and then set new goals for the next four to six weeks. And this is a process, and it takes time. Especially when we want to see, when we have like these problem areas and we really want to see a change, we want to see a definition, we want something very noticeable. Because sure, you know, our skinny jeans fit and everybody else is giving us compliments, but when we look in the mirror, you know, we're looking through a filter and our eyes go right to our problem areas. So it's important to know that to take those before photos, and I know Craig, you talk about that all the time, this is so essential to take those before photos because as you're making those changes, you can't see them day to day. But after, you know, four to six weeks in, you take those before and afters, and you're like, ah, I see an improvement. I see a difference. But then you want to continue to see that difference, and that's where your commitment to being consistent with the plan is so essential. Don't give up after two weeks. Don't give up if you had a bad day or a setback. Get right back up and keep applying what you know works. We keep telling you each and every day, this is what works. It's all a matter of staying consistent with it, and you will be so pleasantly surprised when you look back and say, wow, I'm glad I followed their advice. Cool. i got two quick questions for you. First one mm -hmm. is, what's your Facebook page that people can, can find you and become a fan of uh, Fit Yummy Mummy? Ooh, yeah, what is that called? I can never figure out the right address. I, guess, I just have people look for Fit Yummy Mummy and Holly Rigsby on Facebook. Yeah, if you yeah if you Google yeah if you Google if you Facebook Fit Yummy Mummy, 
because, um, like, the link I see for my fan page does not say – I mean, it's a bunch of code. Sure. Um, it has Fit Yummy Mummy in it. Pages. Okay. www.facebook.com backslash pages backslash fit dash yummy dash mummy. We'll see if that okay. works. <laughs> Perfect. That'll get that'll get people to you. That's great. Yeah. And then the next thing I want to ask you is maybe if you could just share a couple of success stories. You know, maybe one from a, a mom who's under thirty, one from who's around thirty five, and then one from who's you know forty, forty five or above. Ooh, yeah, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> well, I know well, you have see what, money, though. I do, and but what's happening is that we have two weeks left in the challenge, so nobody wants to post anything until the end. And <laughs> what I have is people just posting their progress in their journal, but no before and afters. Um, I will tell you that <laughs> the the energy, because of being in a transformation challenge, is just amazing. And these women all feed off of each other. And what I have found to be so very helpful is that if one person is having a bad day, they can come there and ask for help and support. And there's like 20, 30 other women saying, hey, I understand I've been there. I've done that before too. Now let's get this going. And this is what is allowing them, because yes, the physical changes are great and all, and that's what we all put, you know, bank our, our efforts on. But it's really those internal changes that are taking place and under and developing that belief and the confidence that I can do this that is the most powerful that I've seen in changes. The change in mindset is amazing because women are very uh, susceptible to self-sabotaging behaviors. And we see this, you know, each and every challenge. But as they complete these challenges, they are able to not let the same things in the past sabotage them, and they find this brand-new strength about them. And it's amazing how consistent these women have been for the past, what we're on, are we on week nine, week ten? Yeah, we've got two more weeks. Yeah, week ten. But they have stuck through this um, because we all know that we're all gung-ho at the beginning for a New Year's challenge. Everybody signs up in January to do whatever it takes to lose weight. Here these women are, 10 weeks later, still doing this. So in the next two weeks, um, be ready for some jaw-dropping results because the things that they've been excited about are truly, truly inspiring. And I I cannot say enough good about what these women bring to the table when it comes to the efforts that they put into their transformations. Awesome. That's really great stuff. I guess the last question I want to ask you before we go is, you know, the time question that, you know, so many moms just don't have a lot of time. So this one woman has written in, my number one question is, will doing exercises in bits and bites instead of together in a group be effective? You know, she's a stay-at-home mom, and finding 20 minutes in a row is quite challenging. So I guess there's two ways, two questions here. One is hers, you know, can she break it up? But then two is how much time does a woman really need to put into to the workouts? Like how long are your follow-along DVDs that you send out? Oh, yes, this is a wonderful question. Um, sure, if, if that, what I tell the Fit Yummy Mummies is that something is better than nothing. And like I said before, this is about creating a routine and a habit of staying consistent. If you only have five minutes to exercise, then do whatever part of that workout you can do for five minutes, and then whenever you have another five-minute break, then do it. But then it's a matter of saying, okay, how can I, how can I adjust my lifestyle to be able to get my full workout in? When I'm talking about full workout, all I'm asking is 10 to 15 minutes. 
So it's a matter of saying, okay, I don't have 20. That's okay. You don't need 20. You just need 10 to 15. That's how quick these workouts are. I make them intense. I make them so that they're suitable to do at home so moms don't have to worry about childcare or leaving the house or the hassle it takes to load up the kids in the car. They can do them right at home, and especially for busy moms. I mean, I understand. I know. <laughs> but there are moms who, when we talk this through, it's a matter of saying, well, my toddler won't let me exercise. I'm like, okay, no, it's not that your toddler won't let you exercise. It's a matter of creating that transition because a lot of moms are very successful at saying, okay, it's time for mommy to exercise. Come exercise with mommy. Children love that invitation. And if you're moving around and doing something, you are teaching your child the importance of taking care of yourself, of exercise. And children love to do things with their mommies. Talk about it. Make it exciting and saying, this is workout time with mommy. Then it doesn't become a hassle of your child thinking that you're doing something without them. So it's a matter of creating the right type of environment. And if your child is truly needing you or, you know, there's something else going on, then get a five-minute chunk of a workout in, take care of whatever needs to be taken care of, and come back and get the other five. But then it's a matter of saying, once again, looking at your, at your lifestyle, looking at your schedule and saying, I can fit 10 to 15 minutes in. I can do this. I can entertain my child. I can invite my child. It is completely doable, and this lends to the consistency that Holly and Craig keep talking about that's going to deliver the best possible results. Awesome stuff, Holly. Thank you so much for being a guest here on our Turbulence Training Abs Exercises call. Again, if anyone uh, listening wants more information from Holly, just look up her on Facebook. Look up uh, Fit Yummy Mommy on Facebook or visit her website at clubfym.com. So, Holly, is there anything else you want to add before we end this call today? Uh, I just want to say that for any women who are out there listening that never, never lose hope, do not settle uh, you know, put in the elbow grease, follow the strategies that I and Craig are teaching you, and that you can get results that you never dreamed possible. We talk about, because Fit Yummy Mommy's slogan is get your body back. It's funny because we keep changing it to say get an even better body back, because these women who put their minds to it and, and follow through truly do achieve more than what they ever dreamed possible. That is very cool, and I do like that changing of the slogan, and, and we look forward to your transformation contest results. So, Thank you, Holly, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this call. It's been one of our best, and I look forward to speaking to you with more fat loss information and with more cool abdominal exercise help for you in the future. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.